Welcome to the Performers Pod. I am Chelsea Poe. This is a space for performers to talk about our industry in a real way we aren't usually given in the press. Um, We talk about them funny, mundane, heartwarming, and all other things about our global, amazing industry of smut. So if you want to support the podcast, you can become a monthly member of my Patreon. It's patreon.com slash Chelsea Poe. Today we're talking to Bella Vendetta. She's an AVN winner. We talk about the early wave of East Coast alt porn, um, bringing back porn to New England and bringing what they've learned, which I feel like has been a very common thing the more I've talked to people from New England, what winning an AVN is really like what she's been up to during the pandemic, and so much more. I am Chelsea Poe, and I'm so excited to be with my guest today, Bella Vendetta. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I really adore your work outside of how much I know you, because we've now shot, I think, at least two films together. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so I feel like we have such a personal relationship, which I really haven't that deeply with anyone who's been on the podcast so far, because I'm like, I don't want to just to be interviewing my friends immediately, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think your story in porn is so interesting because you were like in the middle of like the whole first alt wave of like porn when you first started <laughs> seeing tattoo girls in porn it's and true. then you yeah and then you were able to like really have this whole second career as a femdom and like do all that stuff and I just feel like that's such a cool place to come from with that mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. yeah where are you from how did you kind of get into porn because I feel like my view of your career from the outside perspective is like, okay, so you were like into black metal and stuff. And then you like <laughs> started doing like tattoo porn and then you became a femdom and then you like are like hometown hero in Massachusetts. <laughs> oh my God, I wish. I was hometown I mean, hero in Massachusetts. I feel like I'm hometown shit starter in Massachusetts. <laughs> when we had those screenings of training a Poe though, it had this whole vibe of like, even the newspaper articles was like, <laughs> Bella Mendez returning home. Like it had this whole <laughs> overarching thing that I felt like I was walking into. I was like, oh, wow. Okay. You're right. You're actually right about that. Yeah. For some reason, the art community has since training of Poe actually is what really spawned it have accepted me in, in a new way but well I'm from Massachusetts as I said and I kind of I traveled around and moved to like New York City and tried that for a while and mm-hmm. um, moved to LA and tried that for a while and even tried doing porn out there for a while and just none of it felt super right so I ended up back in Massachusetts and Um, instead of becoming one of those bitter people that like moves back to Massachusetts and then spends their whole life talking about how much they hate it and there's nothing going on here I just like embraced it and you know there's tons of stuff going on here on a really different level than there is anywhere else in porn in New England so I'm just I just embraced it and started shooting my stuff here instead of like trying to constantly fit this LA porn mold I just started shooting stuff out here and I actually was a femdom before porn it was backwards for me I started femdom before anything else. So like, how old were you when you first started doing this stuff? Like, when did you get into the quote unquote, like lifestyle or 
just kinky well, stuff in general kinky stuff i got into in high school to be real with you we won't have we won't talk too much about underage yeah. play <laughs> likewise but- <laughs> likewise i was on i was on myspace back in the day when it was kinky yeah. yeah. So, you know, there was shit going on and um, I didn't have any idea that there was like a lifestyle or like anything proper or protocol or like Definitely. training that you would do. I had no idea. I was just like a kinky, you know, horny teen. And um, then I met the folks at La Domain SMR and realized that I was in really close proximity with them. And they were doing this. They had like a lifestyle BDSM training chateau and that there was people making money doing the kinky stuff that I was doing. <laughs> is it is this still Massachusetts or is this somewhere there, else? No, they're in New York, but where I'm in, in Massachusetts is really close to the border of New York and Vermont. Okay. So people, some people think Massachusetts and they think um, Boston. And then when I say Western Mass, they think Springfield, but there's other places in Massachusetts to explore. I always have to cities. explain that to people. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. it's rural. People listen to country music. <laughs> yes. But then yeah. they like, yeah, it's its own different thing. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where I'm at. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where they are in New York. They're in that part of New York. So I ended up going there and um, training and getting into more lifestyle BDSM stuff and paid BDSM stuff. And then the porn stuff came after because um. I just started branching out and was like, you know, I really loved modeling. I had done fashion modeling before. So it was kind of like a natural progression to do fetish Mm. fashion modeling, which then became a natural progression to do naked modeling, which then became a natural progression to do like, and those days there was all these sites that you would submit to. It's not like there was only friends or anything. You would have to, if you wanted to like have your picture out there, you had to submit to all these different websites and hope Mm -hmm. that someone would bite. So I would just submit to everything. And then I started my own site in 2003. So wait, so you had your own website in 2003? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Like that, that's just so far ahead of everything. Because I feel like in the process of like doing all these interviews and stuff, everyone, it's so much until later on, until like after 2007 or mm-hmm. 2017, where people were like, oh, I can get a mini vids or an OnlyFans and actually start a website. So mm-hmm. you were that hard, far ahead of the curve. Was that before yeah. you started shooting with Burning Angel? Um, well, so I started my website before I knew about Burning Angel. And then wow. in my course of finding people to shoot with, I was going to back and forth to New York City a lot and shooting with photographers who were all going, you look just like Joanna Angel. Like, yeah, <laughs> well, because we were both like, you know, part Jewish and tattooed and had brunette yeah, I hair. I mean, that makes sense. That makes sense though. <laughs> so everyone used to like, people used to confuse me for her and then always ask if I knew her. So finally one day I just wrote her and was like, we should meet up because we should know each other. You know, we're both doing websites. And, um, and then I met up with her. It turned out she was like living right around the corner from where I was staying. And then the rest of that is history. We started, we shot together for eight years, pretty loyally, you know, before that fell off. So like what, what was this whole world of like alt porn kind of like in like the 2000s on the East Coast? It was so crazy. Because it feels like it's so different than like, it's like its own unique scene that was so uniquely like East Coast and like so mm-hmm. involved with like, I feel like the metalcore community on the East Coast and the hardcore community. Mm-hmm. I mean that you guys are from Massachusetts and New Jersey. That's like such a specific thing of that time, mm-hmm. you know, because there were so many bands from both those places. And like Yeah. And but really both of our websites started on music, like that we were into this mm-hmm. type of music. We both had band interviews on our site. And um, when Burning Angel ended up getting big and then had Burning Angel magazine, which to me was like, 
that was like making it like you had a paper magazine, you had a physical <laughs> magazine and it was mostly band interviews. And I got the gig writing the band interviews. So then I, I was like traveling to meet all of my favorite bands that I've always loved and interviewing them and making them really uncomfortable and talking to them about porn and stuff <clears throat> for, for Burning Angel magazine. And that went on for a long time, a long time. That's so cool. So like, what were you doing when you first started doing porn? Like what was going on in your life? Were you making a living as like a fetish performer or were you? I was working as a pro dom, but that was like very part time because it was and not because of lack of customers on my part. It was mostly because at La Domain, which I've since come out about being a really abusive and exploitive place, mm -hmm. they had their house doms that they would give the majority of sessions to because they made more money off of that. So I wasn't a house dom, which meant I got like the trickles in. And so it wasn't enough to survive on. So I had a job. Um, I'm a trained chef. So in those days I was a chef <laughs> working like really crazy chef hours and then coming home to work on this website. And um, I had a series of like three different web builders who built bellavendetta.com, the original one. And none of it was like where I wanted it to be. And one of the reasons to get the chef job was to make enough money to pay for a proper website and to fund the porn. Cause I knew that I really wanted to do that and focus on it. So I saved up a lot of money, even in today's standards, a lot of money for a website. And I just went around and made lists of like, who's the best web designers in porn. And they were all owned by Vivid <laughs> in those yeah. days. That, that would make sense. I mean, mm -hmm. I feel like that was their most dominant days were like the mid 2000s. And their websites were so good. They would always win all the awards, like best new website, best features, best all this and best that. And it turned out that I had a connect with like the music industry with one of their web designers who happened to be this cool punk rock guy. And I was just like, I'll pay you X amount of money. It was a couple thousand dollars like to build me the base of a website. And he ended up being really into it. And he's the one that convinced me, quit your day job and just do this because you're like burning yourself out. You can't do both and you will make money. So thank you, Mitch, <laughs> for convincing <laughs> me of that and telling me. What, to just what, what band was it? Um, that the connection was through. Fuck, I don't even remember. Is there anything that time. like? No, it was like some little notable? underground New York City band. Like the, the early days of BellaVendetta.com, we would have these like you know, and we didn't even have DVDs, but we'd have like a new photo set or a new model, and we'd throw a party in New York City and like put up a lot of money <laughs> to like have these bands come play, and they were always based around punk shows and metal shows, you know. So that's who our fans were too. They were punk rockers and metalheads and goth chicks and. That's who made up the bulk of the website, you know? That's just so cool. Yeah. I never really think of it as a geographic scene, but now that you like bring it up, it definitely was like, it was mm -hmm. so, I feel like there was just so much culturally. This was like the early to mid two thousands, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this was like, still when like the new England uh, metal and hardcore fest was going on there. Oh, yeah. Like I felt like there was just so much artistic stuff with that aesthetic going mm -hmm. on at the time where it was just like mm -hmm. kind of everywhere and that's really I feel like was like the alternative wave of stuff that you were getting like I'm from the midwest so you know mm -hmm. I was still like listening to like New England bands like Bury Your Dead like mm -hmm. um like I saw Kill Switch a million times just like all those mm -hmm. bands and it's, I just feel like it was all such yeah. an influential thing across the country at the time. I feel lucky because I've been going to New England Metal Fest for 
even before I was into porn. And that's like to see these bands that have now gotten so big and are so beloved, to see them in this tiny little crappy venue that is so intimate. And then like they hang out afterwards and you're just hanging out with them. And then they just become people that, you know, <laughs> around town, you yeah, know, and then later as a stripper, they become the people that come into the club. <laughs> that don't spend any money. <laughs> harass you yeah it's I feel like it does really go full circle there's so many metalcore dudes who I really looked up to who I'm now just like friends with Facebook on and send me like LinkedIn invites and stuff and I'm just like (laughs) I'm like I was obsessed with your band when I was 15 but yeah for you do whatever you need to know (laughs) yeah so what was really like expi- um, inspiring you to get into the industry? Was there like people you were seeing that were really like made you feel like it was an accessible thing you could do or like did you no. see porn from other places or how did you kind of get inspired to do it? I feel like it was the opposite of that. And like when I mentioned that I would submit stuff to all these websites, like hoping that someone would see the potential and the cool stuff I was creating and no one did. And I constantly was getting rejected from everything for really stupid reasons. And that's what inspired me to make bellavendetta.com. So I was like, I know that there's a place for this stuff. I know other people are into this. And I also wanted to build a website that was something for the first time I did on my website that no one had ever like not separated the genders of people on a website. And it was just like, these are the models. This is who they are. They're of all genders. There's not like, there was a couple people that would get that upset and they'd subscribe and be like, we thought that it was just going to be pictures of hot chicks, but there's like penises on site and, you know, a lot of gender fucking and um, be like, well, that's what we do. You know, that's okay. You're not the audience for it. There's like 10 million other websites for you that you can go find. This is what we're doing here. And then we became known for that because no one else was doing that, you know? Yeah. I mean, even now, I don't think there's any trans suicide girls. I think no. God's girls didn't start be inclusive I think until like 2014 until like you came along <laughs> yeah that shit was that shit sucked <laughs> yeah but, yeah like that there was like campaigns to be like we need to keep God's girls pure it's just like it's a yeah. porn site you you need to settle down you know it's weird you know it's weird <laughs> and my like the, the majority of the models were from in the early days were from bmezine.com so that was its whole other little subculture going on And so I had a lot of heavily modified people and they were from all over the world. So like, you know, we called it alt porn in those days. No one called it queer porn. We didn't have those words yet, but that's definitely what it was. (laughs) I feel like there was definitely two different like alt waves of porn where I feel like there was like the more like Joanna Angel, Bernie Angel tattooed Mm -hmm. thing. And then there was like the whole other like Sasha Gray Stoya style that was like its own Mm -hmm other thing I feel like it's really unique that both those scenes kind of existed at the time because I feel like now if you look at them aesthetically you'd be like oh that's not the same kind of porn but at the time it was still kind of part of the whole same ethic that was just I feel like trying to redefine what porn stars look like yeah and we did we were all successful in that which is the cool part about the whole thing is that like most of the people that were grinding through that time ended up being successful and are still successful today I feel like a if, lot you of look, if you look at even just like where ABN is held, I feel like the all wave of porn changed so much about it. I mean, that it's at the hard rock for however many years, mm-hmm. like talking to people who were in the industry before that, when it was at other places, it was just such a whole different aesthetic and a whole mm-hmm. different vibe. So I think it's gonna be really interesting to see what is going forward now that it's not uh, there it's- anymore. 
every year it changes, like the whole industry changes so much. And in the, since the pandemic, it's like five years of change every six months. So I can't wait to see what happens. Yeah, it really is. I feel like there's just been so many retirements and just mm-hmm. so many people leaving the industry, but also this huge wave of people who would have never thought about getting into porn, mm-hmm. who now it's an easy, an easier accessible thing with things like OnlyFans and yeah. who have endless time in their apartment with cameras that are good enough to shoot porn mm-hmm. on. It'll be interesting to see who sticks with it and who in five years is still making porn and still loving it and who is doing it because they're trapped in it. And they like put themselves in this position or, or who is like pretending they wish they never did that. (laughs) And that was just a means to an end at the time. So, yeah, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see where we are in five years from now. I mean, a year from now, but in five years from now, I hope to still be here. I mean, I don't see myself stop. People always ask me when you retire, like, I just don't, I don't know when I am not physically able to do it anymore, then I'll stop. Even then, you can still figure out something. Like that's right. That's like genuinely how I feel. Where it's gonna be like, if I've been in this for ten years, why would you get rid of all that experience you have? Mm-hmm. I can understand that people are like, okay, I accomplish everything I want to accomplish and everything, mm-hmm. and I do really feel like the people who do retire on top. I think that's a great legacy and all that. But mm-hmm. for me, I think I want to be in it for a very long time. Mm-hmm. I just promise I'm never gonna do one of those false retirements. People yeah, that do same. that stuff, I hate that so much. <laughs> yeah, me too. There's this person I knew. Um, <laughs> she did like a year retirement, won awards because people are like, okay, it's our last time to like give her awards and stuff. So she won the awards and she's like, no, I'm staying. Um, and then like that's not nice. three more years where it's just like, why are you doing that? Um, so when did you move to LA? Like, was there a point where you're like I want to take this further than I can take on, take it on the East coast. Like what yeah. happened? When was that? Um, that was actually, I think the year before I officially launched the site, I worked on the site for like two years before we launched it. Cause it's a lot of work to own a business that you've never done before and just learn everything like production two, two, five, seven was super, especially back then, back then, like, yeah, like everything was so much performers and didn't really produce and didn't direct really. It was very, no, they didn't thought of it was. And so it was like, and I was doing it on the East coast. So it was, and it was just really hard. Like I would have to fly people in here because there wasn't even like nude models to work with here. There was people that would do like art nudes, but they wouldn't do porn and they didn't even want to be associated with me because that's what I was doing. And, um, So it was just expensive. It was literally like, I think I'll, this will be cheaper if I go to LA. (laughs) And there was more work for me as a model because there was quite a few years that I made a lot of money just as a fetish model and getting hired. So what year did you move out there? Um, So that was like 2001. Oh, okay. And I made a lot of money as a model actually. So much that I stopped focusing on my own business because I was like, oh, well, it's way easier for me to just like get hired and show up and be pretty and do these gigs and get paid a couple hundred bucks a pop. But um you know, LA is rough and it's very expensive. And I found that I really actually dislike a lot of the porno people in LA. And it's like such a Mm -hmm. weird click in a competition of like, who has what surgery and who knows who and name dropping. And I'm just like, I'm too much of a hippie for all that. I can't (laughs) hang. So I just came back and I'm like, I can always travel. Like I can always fly back and forth. There's nothing stopping me from going to LA whenever I want. Yeah. LA is a, it's such a strange city to me at least, yeah. where it's like, I feel like there's such a porn community there that in some ways it's great. Like mm-hmm. 
there's porn karaoke every Wednesday and like porn trivia where everyone gets together and like the sense of community is great but I feel like there's a part of me that just like wants to rebel against that be like no I want to do any of that shit I want to be on my own you know (laughs) so I think that's really cool but also I feel like LA is so much always about the hustle and it's always about that work and I feel like I just need space from that I feel Mm -hmm. like being in the Bay Area is such a good space from that or working in Europe because you just have so much space from that kind of like porn capitalist thing where it's like okay you need to make this amount of money Mm -hmm. and why aren't you booking a gig you have Mm -hmm. this week free why aren't you doing this yes who's the agent and have you met this person and we got to go to this industry party because this so-and-so is going to be there and it's really important Mm -hmm. to meet them and that stuff all is all important and it's all work and then you're just like working so much and then your social interactions become work and that for me is not like a healthy way to live I commend anyone who can do that shit and live in LA and still like maintain sanity because it's really hard really hard so how long were you living there for I I lasted a year (laughs) like literally solid like Lisa's up time to move back and let's go <laughs> so then like 2003 or something like that you moved back and you mm-hmm. still st- were like shooting a lot of porn during that time yeah I was shooting a lot actually like way more than I shoot now I just was producing work all the time like all the time all the time all the time there was always something to make there was always something I was working on um there was like a core group of photographers and producers that I would just like call upon and we were always shooting and it was kind of a rotating door of who's in town. Is it Bob Coulter in town this weekend? Ellen Stagg's in town next weekend. You know, this one's in town next weekend. Then we have the performers coming in and I'm going to try shooting them. And I look back at some of that stuff now. I'm like, I can't believe I shot so much stuff when I didn't know what I was doing and I didn't even have a decent camera. Imagine (laughs) what I could have done if I just had a nice camera, you know, but we made it happen. I mean, just like the accessibility of the equipment is just so different than it was. Mm-hmm. I mean, that anyone can essentially shoot as good as any studio now mm-hmm. with an iPhone or whatever they have mm-hmm. is just so different because back in the day, like professional and amateur, there was such a big gap to it. Huge, huge. Yeah. It's just so wild to mm-hmm. imagine what would have been. And there's just, mm-hmm. I think, so many performers who would have had a totally long career as a director who just really didn't have the opportunity because it just didn't really exist. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So did you start going to AVN during all of this? Were you really exposed to like the whole industry? Yeah, I went. So, okay. So I met Joanna Angel, right. And, um, we this ended is also up- like a different Joanna Angel than the Joanna Angel we know now. Like, because so I, got really down like a wormhole with avian recently and i was uh-huh. like i just want to go through the years and just like see who won what mm-hmm. i think it was her first year she was nominated for like new performer mm-hmm. she lost to someone who i've never heard of in my life mm-hmm. next year sasha gray lost to someone never heard of in my <laughs> life mm-hmm. so this isn't like Joanna joanne angel hosting avian nominated no. for she had never awards. been nominated for an award yeah. she had no no um contract with vca or hustler no connects with playboy like she was starting out just like me she literally was like just trying to have this website no sex toy line that has emo hair none of it it. i have some of that i love it but (laughs) no photo shoots with tim armstrong from rancid Mm -hmm. no backstage passes to new england metal fest like let's meet for coffee we're gonna have to take the subway because we can't afford cars (laughs) yeah okay (laughs) And we worked together 
Um, so I worked on Burning Angel from like, I think the second year that it was up and it was really like a family back in those days. All the models knew each other. We mm-hmm. got together, we like went out to dinner with each other and we met each other's family. Like it was wow, really, really that's tight. so wholesome. That's definitely like <laughs> a very band sort of vibe to it. Yes, it was. It was. And, um, then Joanna got really big, like really quick. Like she won an award and all of a sudden it was like those little punk basement parties we used to go to turned into like, oh, now we could rent the upstairs of the club and <laughs> doing stuff like that. And like, maybe I'd even get paid to show up. You never know. Or at least I'd get a drink before it was like, you know, you got nothing. You got, I spent a lot of unpaid labor <laughs> for Burning Angel. So was it like maybe like 2004, it started getting big? Yeah, I would, you would have to tell me when she won the first AVN award, but I'm pretty sure it like exploded right after that. Yeah. And the next year, right after that, now we had like shot still pretty girl pictures together, but we had never shot porn. And um, I was also doing my side hustle, making clothes and I, I was making clothes for her. And um, she felt like she was super cool because she had a stylist. And in those days, like, you know, to that. Yeah, be a porn star and porn have a style like, <laughs> like no one has that <laughs> even now i'm like really <laughs> yeah so like we had this thing going where like i would style her for any interview or award show thing that she would do and then mm-hmm. she said why don't you do um the clothes i got a contract with vca our first big picture we're doing is joanna angel joanna's angels was the big one the first one they did and i did the costumes for it so then i was on set for a porn like a real porn you know and and I liked it and it was really cool. And Tommy Pistol came up to me and was like, when are you going to shoot hardcore boy girl scene? And I was like, I don't think I really want to. I'm really not into guys like that. And I don't, there's no one that I would want to have sex with, you know, like, I don't even know who I would do that with. And Joanna mm-hmm. was like, oh, if you wanted to, you could pick. I have like a catalog. And then I called them <laughs> up and I'm like, really? I could like choose who I want to have sex with. That's the coolest fucking thing I've ever heard. There's like a catalog. So there legit was because you could just go to an agency and go on their website and like figure out who you wanted to book. And I, um... I fucking love porn. It's so funny that those are situations <laughs> I've been given like, oh, here's five male performers. You want to pick one? Yeah, like, like, okay. OK, maybe <laughs> it's weird. I had never considered that before. That was a weird concept to me. I was also like, I, I was the kind of person that would want to get to know someone a little bit before I had sex with them. So that was weird to me. So I picked, um, God, what was his name? Rob Rotten. Remember that guy? Nope. Okay, good. I I was still probably in high school, honestly. He ended up getting canceled (laughs) later on because he had a a swastika tattoo. So I didn't know, I didn't know that at the time. (laughs) I just thought that he was like the only punk rock looking guy that was around and that was cool. And so I want to shoot with him. And I like called they gave me his number and I called and was like, yeah, it's going to be my first scene. And he was so fucking rude. He was like, so what do you, I, I don't want this to be a thing where I have to hold your hand through it. And I was like, oh my God, I'm, I'm canceling it. I don't want to do it. I don't want to have sex with this guy. This guy sucks at life. So I canceled it. And Joanna was like, we just got to find you the right guy. Just come to LA and hang out and we'll find the right guy. And we did. I went to LA and then I met Brian Sherwood, who is like a living fucking legend in porn. And we like clicked immediately and he was retired, I think. Like, he was one of those people that did that. <laughs> retired Yeah. <thing. laughs> but he came back and he shot a scene with me. And then um, it got nominated for, the, the DVD got nominated for an AVN award. So my first foray into hardcore porn, I was at the AVN awards and we won. So Wait, your I first AVN you won? Well, the first scene that I ever did. <laughs> yeah. With Brian Sherwood. Wow. 
that that has to be fucking great yeah, and you're going great. seven times in a row being like maybe this time maybe this time you go once wow well so i haven't won like? one since i feel like it was a moment in time like- <laughs> so what was that like winning an avn like- it was amazing like I was at the award show. I did not expect to win at all. I was not upfront or prepared or anything. I was like leaving the venue and I was like, these girls were in my way. And I was like, there's too many people and I want to go back to the country. And like, and they were like, <laughs> someone was like, Bella, Bella, and like turn around. And I looked and it was like, so I was on the cover of the DVD. And then it was like projected and it was like, winner, come on my tattoo three. And I was like, holy shit, <laughs> we really won this thing. We really, really did it. And that's when it felt like Burning Angel became, I'm not saying I did it for them it was just that moment in time they like you were really part successful. of the film though i mean yes I was that's totally a win yes what, it was, what win. was the what was the celebration um i think we got wasted because that's what you did back in yeah the I, I mean that's what i would do now that's what i did last day i lost i'm still like we're here we made it it's the middle of a pandemic yeah we just got wasted and i think went to some after party at like tau or some club that I would have never ever went to unless I won a freaking AVN award you know (laughs) and like went in a limo and it was just like when I talk to people now about what porn was like then I'm like it's exactly like you would imagine like you get picked up in limos people would offer you cocaine you didn't (laughs) even know their name you would get whisked away to the backstage of a show someone would ask for a blowjob it was all like very like right out of a, a novel of all things that you would want to avoid in life to be quite honest with you very very disorganized and unsafe so this was like 2006 something like that Mm -hmm. I think the AVN was 2005 if I'm not where was it was it at the Mandalay Bay or was that at oh wow Mm -hmm. so after that what did you do like that's a Um, huge high point fairly early in your career because you were probably less than 25 right uh yeah I was I was 25 um I immediately got offered gigs of all kinds and and shoots of all kinds and I didn't want to do them I I have regrets now when I look back because I thought at the time these opportunities will be available in the future when I'm ready for them Mm. and they're not you take them now or they don't exist it's fine for me because my career turned out just fine it's not like I faded into oblivion but um, yeah I mean you really had a full another career after that for a (laughs) lot of people you went in even that early you're either trying to continue that success your entire career or you're, you know, Mm -hmm. out of it in a year or two. Mm -hmm. I was more like, here's the great, actually the most positive thing for me that came out of that AVN is that I got offered my first feature dancing gig and I had never done that before. And that changed my life because anyone knows, we know that like I, I fell in love with it when I realized I could be on stage and get cash thrown at me that I could then take home and I was in fucking heaven and then when I realized that I didn't have to feature dance and I could just like go to clubs and work that was like a revelation because you were discouraged from doing that in those days because you would not look like a porn star if you were a house dancer and I was like I thought that was so stupid like why would I say no I could go make a thousand dollars tonight I'm too worried about my image to make a thousand dollars that is so stupid I'm not gonna subscribe to that also, I mean, just like the whole scene that you came out of is so just done. Like, of course, I'm going to do the work. Of course, I'm going to go out there every night. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not like these bands are like, oh, we only play two shows a year so we can make right. the most money for image wise. It's like, <laughs> OK, we're getting into the van. We're going to every small shitty city. Yes. Let's do this. Yeah. Yeah. And then I tried um, to get a feature 
um, contract and I couldn't because in those days too, it's like everyone told me I was too tattooed and I was too fat. I was too old. I was, too, I had, the scar was scary. The content I was making was too scary. I was too extreme. It was just like all over again. So that's when I was like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to dance myself. I'm not even going to feature dance. I'm just going to like go to clubs and book myself and make a shitload of money. And I did. <laughs> I did. So I did were, great. So were you still living in Western Massachusetts during all of this? Um, I think there was like, I mean, there was a lot of times that I was like in Connecticut for six months in LA for oh, six okay. months in New York for a while. I was totally like, like living a porno, like <laughs> yeah, living out of a suitcase essentially. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yes. Um, then I settled back down in Western mass in this little apartment and like started taking things really seriously and like making myself schedules and, and like, you know, talking to people who were successful in other areas of business and finding out what they did and how I could apply it to porn because there was no blueprint. There wasn't like the internet also wasn't what it was now. I could, there was no forum mm-hmm. that I could be like, how, how do I be a webmaster? You know, how do I, how do I get models? How do I write the contracts? How do I write a release schedule? All this stuff. That's like so difficult to figure out when there's no guidance on it. And I just figured it out and I just did it. That's around the time, you know, I, I met Courtney and was like, hey, we're both doing these websites and we're both totally doing it on our own. We should be friends. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's that's when I met you when you met mm-hmm. up with Courtney. And I think it was like 2014. It was one of the first yeah. times I went to the East Coast. And yeah, I was like, oh, my God, there's this burning angel model who like did all this cool <laughs> stuff. And now they're like a femdom making their own shit. <laughs> yeah. And then I think the first time you really came in contact with me was when I was doing my petition against um, yeah. slurs and porn. And I was like, okay, this person's awesome. They're supporting me on all this. Stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like, I was like, this is right up my alley. This is what I'm talking about. Yes. Change it all for the better. There's no reason that we need to keep subscribing to the same tired ethics and bullshit. It's so over. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So like what really changed for you after all that? Like when did you really start to get into your flow of the way you prepare scenes now and make content? Because it seems like you're continuously producing stuff. Mm-hmm. I think um, I just started, um, which I think was smart for me, is that I started looking at I feel like I conquered the business end and I understood the marketing and like the production and, but I was lacking to market the art side of it. And Mm -hmm. so I started delving into that. How do you market porn? Like it's art. How do people who make art make money? What are they doing? Where are their outlets? Where are the platforms and how can I be included in them? And, um, Training of Poe was a movie I wanted to make for a really, a really long, it was actually a movie I pitched to Burning Angel when they used to dangle these carrots of things that I might get one day. It was like a guest director gig was one. And I had, <laughs> I had pitched, not with you, cause I didn't know you then, but I had yeah. pitched the idea. I was probably like legit in high school at the time. Uh, so let's not probably talk for the that. best. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hearing all this stuff, I'm like, I vaguely knew about like emo porn <laughs> happening when I was like emo in 15, but like not enough about it. <laughs> Yeah, I pitched it a long time ago, probably when you were not yeah. ready to be making porn. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> and then, you know, they thought it was a great idea, but um, I was told it wouldn't sell. I tried to pitch it to a couple different studios and was told it wouldn't sell. And the main reason it wouldn't sell is um, because if I wanted to use queer people in it, I needed to be able to put them into certain boxes and, um, you know, tr- 
trans was one of them that needed to have to be marketed a very certain way. And if I didn't do what they said, it wouldn't sell. I thought that was bullshit. And when I met you and found you believe that to be bullshit too, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it seemed like a good fit to have you be the one in the movie and to prove them wrong, which we, we 1000% did. Yeah. Anyone who's wondering, you can successfully market a full feature length film featuring a trans performer without using a slur and people will still buy it. Yeah, it's really <laughs> true. It totally worked out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I feel like I just dealt with so much shit when I moved here to work for Kink and them not really mm-hmm. understanding anything. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really just so much that they were just trying to bring in and like three of every kind of person. Yeah. So when I first started working there camming, they would hire three trans women at a time, three blonde girls, three black girls, three like everyone because they're like, okay, one girl's probably going to quit in a month. One yep. girl's probably going to flame out and then maybe we can have one that's going to work out. Mm-hmm. And it's just like so much that they were doing that and they're like, oh, you're a top, right? You're a dumb. I'm just like, no, I'm not at all. You should know that. Mm. Yeah but it sucks. The club is like that too, you know, and that gives you your first taste of like how the industry is run by these people who just like fill slots and like, you know, strip clubs are very built on like how many they'll, they'll count, they'll count right in front of your face and tell you, sorry, we have three black women here already today. You can't work. You know, like there's, there's no other industry that is as blatant with the complete disregard for people's humanity than porn. (laughs) Don't yeah, use that against me, Swerfs. Please don't use that soundbite to like say yeah, that I'm against porn. I definitely, yeah, I almost felt like um, it was a very strange situation because it was, especially working at Kink, you were making so much camming. Mm-hmm. So it was like, oh, you should come out to the Bay. You should work here. And it's like this whole thing of, it's kind of feels like almost a setup just to be like, who's going to be the one that we pick? Yeah. But at the time, they had that much of an overhead that they could essentially afford to do that, where, yes. you know, yeah. if you have a whole fucking castle, <laughs> I guess you can have mm-hmm. an entire floor of just that. Mm-hmm. But a ton of porn is like rich producers dangling these carrots of opportunity to performers and like making them fight amongst themselves for who's going to get it and be competitive. It sucks. It sucks. It really is. It's really messed up. I feel like the way these companies and producers recruit really young people in porn is a thing that really makes me now looking back at it kind of gross out yeah it is gross where it's like you're making deals with 18 and 19 year olds and 20 year olds who don't know anything about contracts and all this stuff Mm -hmm. and you're just kind of being like oh give us your first scene for 300 Mm dollars and it's just like they don't know what that's going to be worth in the future Mm -hmm. and you know, never really being able to own the rights to it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So looking back, when I say like, I have some regrets of there's people that I could have worked with that I didn't, that sucks because I would have liked to probably just, I would have liked to have sex with them, but I'm really glad that now relaunching my website 20 years later, like I own all of my content. I can release stuff that I shot 20 years ago, you know? Yeah. I think there should be a thing that companies start to do that it should be, you should be able to own your content after like three years or four years, just because I feel like it's so unfair that so many performers, their most famous scenes are not owned by them. Yeah. And they can't, and they're making nothing off of it Mm -hmm. other than maybe at best a thousand dollars that day, four years ago or whatever. Yep. Yep. 
So how do you like prepare for a scene now? Like how do you put together the concept for a scene or a concept for a movie? Like how is your creative process with that? I don't know. I think it's different every single time. There's some things that like, there's some, I have another project that I've worked on probably the same amount of time as Training of Poe, a nail fetish movie. It hasn't been made yet. Like, I don't know (laughs) when I'll make it. I was on par to make it before the pandemic hit, but then that happened. So I'm not sure when it'll happen now, but that's like a thing I work on constantly year after year. The right people will, you know, it's the cast has changed like 10 times and we'll (laughs) see. I don't know who it'll end up actually ultimately being, but it will get made. And then I have other projects that like the other day I did a tiny little group shoot outside with a few vaccinated models and I wanted to take a picture of them all like at least in the same vicinity together and um, I wanted them to hold hands and like go around in a circle but one of the models was disabled and she couldn't do it. And I was like, all right, you go in the middle and everyone is like worshiping you. And then we ended up shooting this whole thing that turned it turned into a whole movie. Like I just shot a whole movie. It just happened. I didn't, there was no planning. There was no whole process of writing it. It just happened. And now we're editing it. And it's like one of my favorite things I've made. I feel like where you are, it kind of lends to that. Mm -hmm. Like that stuff can just organically happen where I feel like in cities, people are it's like everyone's on such a time crunch here and it's always about like, oh, well, if I go there, I need to make sure I get this, this, and this done as opposed to like stuff kind of more organically happening. Yes. I mean, also it's like that I'm working with models who are like OnlyFans models. So they don't have the pressure of like, I need to make sure I get like, you know, I shoot anyone who shoots with me as a photographer it's like I give you your pictures back really quick and I know what you need for OnlyFans so I'm going to give you a full OnlyFans set (laughs) like I promise you'll get exactly what you need from it so you don't have to stress about it but um there's all these like fine art photographers like there was two other photographers at that shoot and then they're like give everyone two pictures back of them fully clothed and everyone's kind of like great well we can't do anything with these you know (laughs) we can't make money off of these they're sex workers they need to make money so I just try to keep that in mind whenever I'm producing anything that like I want everyone involved to be able to make something back from it so you've kind of shot all over the place where's your favorite place to shoot do you have like a specific city or region that you like shooting the most like yeah vibe I mean western mass it's always going to be it's always going to be western mass Berkshire County you know I have like specific parts of the mountain I'll always forever go back to and just keep shooting and shooting and shooting. It'll never get old for me. As much as you and Nika Noel's content are on the opposite polar ends of each other's, <laughs> these theirs is so like wholesome and all that stuff. And yours is so dark and, you know, <laughs> all that. Do you think there's a specific reason why so many pornographers from Massachusetts leave to go to LA for a few years and then always come back and continue make? <laughs> making porn I'm actually interviewing Nika in a few weeks on this and I want to ask both of you because it does seem like a very thing in New England that there's so many people who make porn they do the LA thing for a while and then they always it come doesn't back. work out and then they always continue making porn in New England mm-hmm. though in places where literally no one would have any <laughs> real clue that it's happening <laughs> but here's what I know about people from New England in general not just porn people but even like the artists that I know or the writers or whatever even the chefs I know all had a stint where they moved away to like New York and tried to make it work and then decided that it didn't work for them because when you're when you love New England like you can't live somewhere else your home is here like I can't imagine now living somewhere where I'd have to drive to go see trees or like like I 
you know, it's three 44 in the afternoon for me. I've already gotten up and swam in the lake today and then come home. There's not a lot of places I, I can do that. You know, I didn't know you had a lake to swim in. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Like it's, it's Berkshire County. We have, there's so many places. There's like 10 waterfalls I could go to within a short drive right now and be in the water within an hour and then be home in time for dinner. And I love that so much. People that are into that here, you can't give it up. You just can't. The quality of life here is really good. The air quality is good. The quality of the food. Yeah. We have so much farm to table. Like it's not uncommon just to be able to eat really, really well, even if you don't make a lot of money here. So I think those are all things that when you move to LA, none of those things exist. The air quality is shit. The traffic is horrible. People are not super down to earth. Everyone's asking what your intention is. It's kind of like, you know, Almost. And I've heard actually someone else make this comparison of people from Hawaii versus people from like Western Mass. Like it's a similar vibe of like doing things on your own time. <laughs> it's like we're on island that. time here. You know, it's hard to move to a New York City fast paced thing for me. It kills me. Yeah, it's definitely part of the world I never assumed I was ever going to go to. And I really genuinely love that through porn, I honestly <laughs> have gone to see like most of New England like I've been to. Connecticut, Rhode Island, like all over Massachusetts, Maine, yeah. New Hampshire. It's really wild that yeah. it's a part of the country that no one would associate with porn, but there's genuinely so much porn being made there. Mm-hmm. And no one even around there really has any idea. Like I know. when you tell someone from Boston, be like, oh yeah, I'm here to shoot porn. And people are like, why are they're you like, What's here? Her? What are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah. They're <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Are you sure? Yeah. It's like, yeah. Yeah, there's there's a handful and I feel like most of them know each other, but then there's even people that don't even know about each other's existence out here completely. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, just like New Hampshire's whole laws around porn that you can shoot literally anywhere. Mm -hmm. I think it's anywhere but national parks. Yep. And yeah, when I did films up there, we used the real city's name in the movie. Yeah, that's awesome. Like, (laughs) and they're like, oh, yeah, it's fine. It's just like anywhere else would be such a. It's a hard I know, thing. Uproar. Yeah. I just shot in with a photographer in um, Vermont and we shot in a waterfall. It was like very Vermont experience. And then I was like, there's like people, you know, not a lot of people, but there was people. And she was like, do you want to do nude? And I was like, well, yeah, well, there's like people. And she was like, it's Vermont. You can totally get topless in Vermont. I was like, yeah, you can. That's right. Take the clothes off. Like, it, it's, it's just awesome. such a different, yeah. Mm-hmm. Just such a different pace, I feel like, than what is so associated with porn. Yes. And I think a thing I really want to cover on this podcast, I think I have so far, is just that there's so many different types of porn and there's so it's so regionalized in every area. And mm-hmm. I think we think of that with music or food or whatever, but we never really think about that with porn. We, we just don't. Think, oh, we just think, oh, LA and Vegas. That's mm-hmm. about it. And there's mm-hmm. just so much more than that around the world being made. And yeah. just like truly interesting stuff, especially what you're doing with nature in Western Mass is just mm-hmm. such a unique thing that there's just not a lot of nature porn being shot anywhere else. No, there's not. I wish there was more. I feel like there's actually starting to be more. I feel like I see it on Instagram now and it makes me really happy when I see it. So what are some places you ended up that you didn't expect because of porn? Obviously being from Western Massachusetts, Mm -hmm. was it like a really big cultural change to like go to LA or did you kind of assume that was going to come with what you were doing in life? Well, my grandmother lives in LA. So I had been, you know, I, I had, it wasn't like some podunk 
girl who had never been anywhere. I had traveled a lot actually. And my father's a chef and has lived abroad and we have many international people in our lives. And so I, I, it wasn't like, I was like, oh my God, different people. I don't know what to do, but that's a hundred (laughs) percent how I was. First time I went to New York city, I was just like, wow, these buildings, (laughs) this is crazy. And then it was just like, I a hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, so, I was like hanging out with like people who didn't even speak English, like hanging from hooks out in the woods. So yeah, I was doing weird stuff. So when I went to LA, it wasn't like, I still felt like I was the weirdest one all the time, actually all the time for everything, especially for porn stuff. I always felt like I had to like pretend to not be as weird as I was. And, and that sucked. I didn't like that at all. I mean, but that's why I like it here. Cause I could just like, let it all hang out here. And I, I don't care at all. Like you know, I argue with our city councilors now. <laughs> Dumb shit. As Bella Vendetta, as as my actual porn self. <laughs> so, so you're a little bit like um, on Parks and Rec, the porn star who's like running for like um, city council and stuff. Randy could Mack. be me. Could be. <laughs> if you're local and you're listening to this, it's not outside of the realm of possibility. Oh, of that, that, that would be really. <laughs> that'd be such a specific Western Mass thing. That'd be like. <laughs> feminist porn winner Bella Vendetta is now on the city council like that seems like a thing so so where have I been that I didn't expect like through stripping I started a not-for-profit organization of for the dancers that were local in western mass because much like your view on porn and how it's really localized and different in different places strip Mm -hmm. clubs are the same and so we had very specific working conditions in western Massachusetts in the clubs and I started an organization to um, get more workers' rights and to support dancers. And it, it got like bigger than I ever intended. And we ended up like doing things like being invited to Elizabeth Warren's office to talk about the effects of SESTA-FOSTA. So that was like, that's sitting in that office is something. Yeah, that you I'm did. Like, I remember yeah. that happening. I'm like, oh, wow, <laughs> yeah. that's really big. Yeah, it is. It is. And then like things like people running for various offices here started asking for my endorsement. And instead of just being blinded by the excitement of that, I would be like, well, only if you sit down with me and tell me your views on decriminalization and if they match what I want to hear, then I'll give the endorsement. But um, that, like most things, I feel like it's gone a full circle they leave me on red now. Like I said, I feel like I'm the troublemaker. They're like, oh my God, Bella Vendetta's emailing me office. Just don't answer her. Leave her alone. That's so funny. Yeah. I ran into Nancy Pelosi two days ago. Oh my God. Um, we were Can at a baseball. No, no, it was weird. We were at a baseball game and we um, were like, okay, let's get some cheap tickets. It was like 30 bucks, but we're like, oh, we can get the club level so we can have access to all the nice stuff. Mm-hmm. And we walked past this lady in like a pink pantsuit who was like hella short. And we walked by her and then my partner was like, that's Nancy Pelosi. And the guy next to us is like, what? And then she like looked at us and we both like made eye contact and we're just like, should we like talk to her? I'm like, no. No. She was like, walked away. No, leave her alone. I'm like, why? Why? But she had no security though. It was the strangest thing at a baseball game. I'm like, why are you here? Also, why are you wearing your full like congress outfit at a baseball game it's a little strange why but, are you here mm-hmm. yeah that, that was my biggest mm-hmm. kind of takeaway so i have two more questions for you because i don't want to take okay. up your whole day so you've obviously done a lot in your career and you've had a very long career by porn standards i feel mm-hmm. like 
average porn career is like two years or something. Yeah. So what are um, some things that you wish that you still want to do in your career that you haven't so far? Mm. I want to have two books. I want to write a book and I want to have a book of my photography. That's definitely on the goal list for sure. Um, if you had asked me this at the beginning of the year, I would have said I really want to relaunch a solo site, but I did that. So I feel really awesome about that right okay, now. Okay, so that's one, yeah. one out of three done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The books, like, I, I don't know. I feel like, like other things, I'll plan it out and I'll plan myself like a year. I have a five-year plan right now that it involves both of those books being made. So <laughs> they will definitely be made. It's so cool. I think you can definitely do that. Yeah, it'll happen. I'm sure you'll be in probably both of them. Cool. Good to know. Good to know. <laughs> Hopefully nothing bad. Hopefully no, nothing, nothing bad. bad. <laughs> It'll be about um, how the training of Poe like changed, changed a lot of things. You know, the training of Poe really changed did. a lot of things in porn. It changed a lot of ways that people thought that they could make porn. Yeah, it was a really big deal for my career. And I feel like it's really pivoted me towards being a BDSM performer. Because that's what I really wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And I think before it was still just like, okay, she's a trans girl who's trying to do BDSM. We're mm-hmm. going to nominate her in the trans category and stuff. And then it wasn't until I think training a Poe that I was started to actually get nominated for BDSM stuff. And now I'm, I'm losing to the right people now. Yeah. I'm not good. like, oh, I'm being pitted against these trans women whose performance has nothing to do with me. Now yes. I'm like, okay, I lost against Karen Noir and like Joanne Angel. I'm stoked about that. You know, yeah, like yeah. I'm losing to the right people now. Yeah. Just, I just try to remember too, like anytime you're nominated, you've been nominated so many times. It's such a huge honor because there is so much porn that is made every single year. And like for people to go through and find that something that you made is one of the best things that came out that year is, is amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. I think it's a really big deal. And I've want to for this podcast really take AVN seriously this year mm-hmm. whether I'm nominated or not it's just mm-hmm. I think it's such an interesting thing I kind of during the Olympics I got inspired I'm like how many AVNs have there been and you know there's been five more AVNs than summer Olympics that's amazing <laughs> yeah and like that there's a legit line from the mid 80s to now of porn performers that are represented and you can yeah. look up the records about every single person nominated that's so crazy. I think that's a really amazing thing and just like even looking through the photos from the 80s to what mm-hmm. the 90s porn looked like with mm-hmm. people on the red carpet I just feel like that's such a really cool thing and especially now it's such a worldwide thing where you have performers nominated from all over the world that you mm-hmm. have multiple countries represented mm-hmm. essentially from just about every continent I just feel like it's such a cool thing that we're all a part of in this industry and I feel like sometimes it can be glanced over because of um people get very competitive and all that Mm -hmm. stuff and if they don't win they'll be like well fuck all this yeah I hate all of this but I don't know I just feel like especially in times like this where the industry is so kind of broken apart right now because of COVID Mm -hmm. I think it's a really important thing to remember that we're all part of this kind of line of porn yeah that's important and that is like shaping people's views of their own sexuality and making some people money so that they can put food on their table and continue to live another day and informing 
trends and culture and fashion, not to mention like all the stuff that's yeah popping off because of sex work right now, and the way that online sex work has changed over the last couple of years and affected all those things. It's awesome. Like we're a part of that. We're all, if we weren't here doing what we're doing, that stuff wouldn't have happened the way that it happened. It's very yeah. cool. Yeah. I really feel like there needs to be kind of more stuff in this industry that really looks at the full impact of everything. Because I feel like people can get very caught in their own world where they're like, okay, I'm just working. I'm not getting paid as much as I need to, but almost realizing the whole cultural significance of it as mm-hmm. much as anything else. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's why I'm hoping to like a whole week of AVM podcast because I feel like cool. I really want to document that and make people realize like who are nominated for awards who are like, I don't care. I don't give a fuck about this. Be like, no, you're mm-hmm. actually part of something really important. You've actually mm-hmm. made something really important. Mm-hmm. So I have one more question for you. This is like the most out there kind of question. Okay. If tomorrow you could wake up and one thing is magically changed in porn, what would that be? Oh, holy shit. I think I gave gave you this beforehand. If not, I apologize. No, you did. And I think that was one of those. I was like, my eyes got big. It was like, change one thing in porn. Okay. Everyone answers this differently. I would, um, I would eliminate SESTA-FOSTA like it never fucking happened. Okay. Because that would change the face of porn. That would. It definitely would. Mm-hmm. That's a really good answer. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I would do. There was <laughs> a lot of on my mind. Distinct. I really like that. Mm-hmm. Well, um, can you, you unplug your stuff so people can follow you and everything? So people can um, check out my personal site, which is vendettaverse.com. And you can also like buy in so that you can get Chelsea's site, Chelsea Submits and Trouble Films and all of us together on a network that you can check out at the same time. It's very cool. Yep. Um, if you want to just see pictures of me naked, my only fans is Bella Vendetta. And if you want to follow me for free on social media, I'm Bella Vendetta on Instagram and Twitter. And if you're interested in what I'm doing now in like the fourth generation of my porn career, I'm running a web cam studio and that's at treasurecams.com awesome well thanks so much bella thank you chelsea thanks for having me thanks